0: Hello, wild one. Welcome to the Shamanic Tantra Podcast. I'm your host, Holly Taraya, and I'm honored to have you on this journey with me. My intention with this show is to create a sacred space for conversations around all the things I wish I were taught growing up. I'm here to remind you that all of you is sacred. Every emotion, every experience, and every energy that runs through your body and heart is holy. Shamanic Tantra is a path I walk in, it's a path of liberation, freedom that's found deep within the body and deep inside the breath. It's a path of reclamation, of integrating every shade of who you are, the wild, the wonderful, the primal, and the pure. All is welcome here. It's a path of truth, of devotion to the pulsing, quivering truth of this very moment. May we love each other, may we honor each other, and may we celebrate each other as we walk each other home. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm so excited to open up this conversation that we started during the Isti Container and really like pinned all these beautiful topics. And uh, today I really want to dive in with you about this concept of Fifty Shades of Yes.
1: Ah, 50 amazing. Fifty
0: Shades of Yes. So before we dive in, Philippe, I'd love for you to just introduce introduce yourself and tell us what you're up to, what sort of magic you're creating in the world.
2: Ah. Thank you so much for that. I'm really glad to be here. Uh, this these topics just excite me to no end and so Mm. given one more opportunity (laughs) to say things about them uh, will also make me really really happy and light me up um so my name is philippe lewis uh i've been exploring and practicing uh consent intimacy and touch skills for the last 20 some years um this all started with my cat
1: (laughs) who um
2: who's a was a persian kitty cat And, um, and she, you know, she was sent to me by my ex who for some reason her body chemistry changed and she started having asthma with that with her cat and I was the closest thing, I was the closest thing to her, uh, to her cat and so she said, you know, here, I'm going to send you, I'm going to send you Grizabelle and, um, and I, you know, Grizabelle arrives at my place and uh, she would not let me touch her, Um, not for more than half a second and this lasted for weeks. And then, and then after the, all of these weeks, uh, you know, things started getting better. And I, re- and I realized much, much later on that even though she never said a word, she actually taught me everything I know, or most of what I know around touch and around consent as well
1: mm-hmm. at a
2: nonverbal level. So this combined with organizing um, play events or or events that where people get to explore um, in As a form of play, they get to explore um, with each other, touch, consent, intimacy at various levels. So my background is not not only in learning about touch and learning about consent and learning about how to engage with partners, but also in creating containers where people can do that. So so that's been a, a passion of mine, and the more I dig into it, the more I find nuances. The more I, f- I realize uh, what happens when two bodies come together or where two beings or two humans come together with different pace, different desires, different boundaries, different needs, and different feelings. Mm. there's you know there's a way that that in the same way that you have two bodies coming to come together on a dance floor and they they engage with each other in some ways that are more crunchy or more graceful um the consent conversation of engaging with not just bodies but also you could say your emotional body your spiritual body your primal body your your all the bodies I you know I have my own system which has seven seven different bodies and when you come together with somebody else all seven bodies come together and dance together and you can imagine the either the beauty um, and the grace that can come out of it or the utter mess that can come out of
0: it yeah it's either like this or it's like
2: <laughs> it, well, it's, it's a little bit of everything and so back to 50 shades of yes Um, So the first layer of that I realized is as I was engaging with somebody, whether it was a lover or or even just a dancer on an actual dance floor doing dancing, just pure dancing, which is, you know, most people know. Uh, But most people know also engaging with a lover in bed or 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 in a kiss in kissing in a makeout session or even like who's going to do the dishes. Um, (laughs) That's, a you know, all of it is a consent conversation. And the consent conversation essentially can be summarized to am I a yes to whatever's going on or am I not a yes, but that's way too granular. Uh, that's that's not granular enough. That's what I mean. Like that yes actually goes up and down. And it's really a summarization of like, you know, you basically kind of feel into yourself and you go, okay. Whatever's going on inside of me, the seven bodies, my feelings, my uh, how hungry I am, how tired I am, all of it you kind of bring it back to some version of I'm a yes or I'm not a yes. But if you dig a little deeper, you can start to feel into the levels of yes, mm-hmm. you can start to feel the different shades of it. And it goes from basically hell yes, in which you hear a lot in consent conversations, right. from hell yes to yes to. Yeah, to, I don't know, to, I don't think so, to, uh, no, that doesn't feel good, to all the way to hell, no, I'm not going to do any of that. mm -hmm. And as you're dancing, you know, if you just go look at it from the somatic perspective, just the dancing, like somebody leans it to you or you start lifting them. And you can live them for what, 30 seconds, 20 seconds, five seconds. But that, you know, as you live them, you're like, oh, I can do this. Everything's great. And then you start, you know, your muscles start to kind of feel the weight and your muscles start to get weaker and weaker. And so your, your initial hell, yes, kind of has a whole trajectory of, right. you know, everything that I just mentioned. Now, I think the same is true of your emotional body. As you engage with somebody emotionally, you have initially, lots of stamina, lots of strength. And maybe as more and more things happen, especially difficult things, your yes shifts into maybe I'm not up for this anymore, or you walk away, or you get even more upset, which indicates that your capacity to hold the dance with this other person is actually kind of starting to glitch or starting to get crunchy, because you're running out of resources
1: right of
2: some kind so that's the 50 shades of yes it's just the feeling of of this yes this level of yes going from hell no to hell yes kind of fluctuating over time and that matches affirmative consent Mm. you know this idea that you have to be a yes as you go into an interaction affirmative consent is like are you still yes are you still yes how's this for you are you you know moment to moment how can I make this better how can I support this you know you to be even more of a yes and you know some people care more than others that's also a part of it but things fluctuate so that's a yes. long answer to my to your short yes. question around what's that
0: 50 shades of yes i love this so much really because i love it for many reasons the first reason i love it is it's it's actually it's alive yeah and we're working with truth and erotic energy which is alive right so it's not mm-hmm. stagnant you don't just say yes and then it it, it nails it in that moment Yep. And it's dynamic. It gives us so much more play because, like, the saying in this field is like, "If it's not a fuck yes, it's a fuck no." It's like that only gives us two options. <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. yeah <laughs> and, and like, there's no and all that the, in between space gets neglected.
2: There's no opportunity to to say, "Hey, things are starting." Like, well, first of all, there's no opportunity for let me just stretch myself in the areas that are not a fuck yes. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> How about being a hell yes to the maybe?
1: You know how about that? <laughs> yeah. Maybe
2: it's so exciting. Like, do you want to do this with me? Hmm, maybe. You know, there's there's, there's tension there. There's curiosity. There's I'm willing, but I'm willing to be in the exploration, not necessarily willing to go all the way. Hey, mm-hmm. do you want to have sex with me? Well, it kind of depends how good you are. It kind of mm-hmm. depends how much I get turned on. It kind of depends how much slept I had last night. It kind of, it kind of depends on a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So to be aware of what it depends on and how things shift internally is super important mm-hmm. because otherwise you might, you might stretch too far. You might take what for the team, so to speak, like, Oh, well, I've already said yes. So I don't want to stop anymore, mm-hmm. but there's also the capacity to be like, well, you know, this is a stretch for me. I want to find out what's, what's a little further and what's a little further and what's a little further and fair enough. You could just, lose yourself or lose your own sense of yes along the way in favor of somebody else because you might not know you might not be able to feel it you know from an attachment theory perspective um, people are more on the avoidance side might not feel what's happening in the moment until later they might feel it 10 minutes later or half an hour later they might be like this felt great in the moment my body felt good but then two hours later, they're like actually that kind of sucked
0: and you know, what does that have to do
2: with being an avoidant attachment? Well, avoidance are, are notorious for, for not feeling anything, uh, everything moment to moment. They, it, it is a delayed reaction. It's like, it's like you put your hand on the hot stove. How long does it take before you actually feel it? So it's one, two, three, and then you're like, ow. But by the time you feel, ow, you're already burnt, right? Mm. So avoidance feel, be, be avoidant attachers, by all accounts or by most accounts, feel things emotionally and sometimes physically as well like everything they feel everything in a delayed reaction and um and so parts of it is you know i I could try to go into the details of that parts of it is lack of practice parts of it is they you know avoid that attachers live in a sort of low level dissociation which is not a bad one it actually feels good it's actually kind of safe and it actually means that they can push themselves in all kinds of ways they just have to pay for it later. Because mm-hmm. by the time they feel it, they're like, oh, now I need to make some changes. And moment to moment to moment, they may not absolutely, they may not exactly know what's happening. Um, so mm-hmm. a lot of it, you know, it can be compensated by becoming more secure yeah. um, and feeling things more and being the practice of feeling and kind of reading your own body or reading your, their own heart um, in in a way that's more accurate faster so that's the, that's the path of becoming more secure for an right, avoidant right? Um, and also being in conversation around their pace like it's it, you know maybe uh, maybe avoidance would be better off instead of sort of going like oh I can't feel it I'm just going to do what seems like the most fun thing instead just announce to their partner like I move slowly my nervous system moves slowly and for me to feel everything I just need to move at that pace uh, which also could also feel boring, but there's all kinds of intricacies with you know mm-hmm. avoidance versus anxiety and the way the nervous system works under underneath the under the hood, so to speak.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: So, <clears throat> so again, Fifty Shades of Yes, but when you're like taking a reading, moment to moment to moment, are you uh, are you getting a reading of this moment, or are you getting the reading from you know ten minutes ago, or twenty minutes ago, or two days ago? Mm-hmm. So. That's also part of the practice of learning to be in consent is, is to be able to, to, to engage with your your own machinery, so to speak, your own nervous system machinery or, or operating system in a way that leads you to make better choices for yourself and for others as you engage with them. Yeah. And that's, to me, that's my definition of sovereignty. Like if you want to be yeah. a sovereign being, you have to be fully present with not just with the other person but also with your own capacities your own limitations yeah
0: Yeah.
2: um and if it's slower embodiment
0: you have to be fully present right you have to be embodiment present Mm -hmm. yeah
2: and that embodiment just takes into account from a secure perspective that embodiment takes into account the way the nervous system works right and you know, you can you can make it go. You know, if you're avoidant, you can make it go faster. If you're uh, over time by becoming more secure. If you're anxious, you can sort of slow things down a little bit, so you're not trying to catch every little thing that's occurring, so you can relax. Um, if you're it's organized, you can look for what makes you feel safe, and then over time, you you begin to do better at being here. And being here now in a fully embodied way. Until then, mm-hmm. takes a minute.
0: Which is where all the magic lives, anyway, right?
2: That's right. I mean, so- right now it could be that right, you know, right now for an avoidant, it could be that you're not feeling the full feeling yet, and it's going to take a minute to come. That's the that's the reality of now.
1: Right. So,
2: reality of now is how how do you work? What do you need? And um, and how can you uh, basically enroll in a collaborative? engagement with your partner that will facilitate both people getting their needs met
0: right right which takes high levels of of awareness and attunement and communication how would you Brilliant. suggest with these i say so we think about like our desires fears and boundaries conversations that we typically engage with before entering into connection with someone
1: mm-hmm. if
0: we're going to go into the 50 shades of yes our desires and boundaries are going to be different than the, than the traditional conversation because we're not huh. setting out with, with set boundaries and desires. We're, we're moving moment to moment. So how would you communicate that? How would you set a container and communicate living in those 50 shades of yes and exploring the maybes?
2: Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, exploring, because it's really about exploring how does it feel now? How does it feel now? How does it feel now? Mm-hmm. And just continuing to be in that, in that movement. So first of all, uh, setting the pace. Typically, I will tell people, don't try to do fast what doesn't work yet, what you can do slow well first. It's, I haven't found a way to say it better. But the idea is like, yeah, go slow before you go fast. Mm-hmm. Find, your, find, fi- find a pace that feels good where both people can feel as fully as they want early on. And then you can accelerate. But initially, try to go slower than faster. Mm -hmm. so that's the that's the first piece the second piece is um is you have to be okay with being in the mystery Mm
1: -hmm. like
2: being in the maybe is just not knowing what's going to happen like are we going to sleep together we're not going to sleep together are we just going to dance and have a hot dance or are we not going to have a hot dance (laughs) like we don't know Mm -hmm. like when when a cat comes comes to you you know if you have a cat like the cat comes comes to you Well, first of all, there's a lot of repeated patterns, you know, you you know, they like to rub against your leg or your hand. And there's just a lot of things that happen in the body that you already know how to do it. Um, You learn the language of cats probably better and faster than the language of humans, because humans are a lot more diverse. Humans do have a do have repeated patterns. But uh, because we're also human and we have so much more complexity, we also react to things in a much more complex ways. Right. And so, so as a result, <clears throat> uh, it's going to be a little bit more glitchy with a human compared to a cat. So, but imagine, just, let's just talk. Take the cat for for example. The cat arrives. You don't know if you're going to scratch their neck or if you're going to pet them or if you're going to, you know, if you're going to put them on your lap. You just you're just in the mystery of it. Uh, but you don't even that doesn't even register because you're so used to it. And there's also there's also not much to gain or lose from your cat just walking away if they're they're unhappy or if they bat your hand. But with a human, it's a little bit more it's a little different. There's a lot more on the line when it comes to <clears throat> when it comes to engagement because because the 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 meaning of interacting with other humans, connects with your your history it connects Mm. with you know history being your childhood or previous relationships it connects with your your needs as a human to connect with other humans there's there's ways that connecting with a pet actually fulfills some of these needs at a primal level but when you connect with a human they don't you know you don't necessarily know what you're there for because a lot of it is under the surface Mm. there's a lot of uh unconscious needs that are being expressed when you're connecting with a human there's a lot of dimensions it could be could be you feel lonely it could be that you're looking for your person it, it could you know like your partner for life it could be that you're just looking for a lover and you just want to get you know your animal out and having fun it could it could mean a lot of different things so that's another reason for why going slow and being open to what happens and also noticing whether now or later, after the fact, like as a as a feedback conversation or an aftercare conversation, to there's a, there's a lot of space to actually notice those feelings arising, and the needs that are arising. So there there's a few different pieces that are important. Like you were speaking about fears, desires, boundaries, but that's just for what would happen ostensibly if everything went. It'd be like a it'd be like a doing a BDSM scene where you basically try to nail the whole scene ahead of time and with a 50 shades of yes dance if you want to call it that way we're basically going into the unknown with with some with some boundaries like Mm -hmm. we can say let's go you know let's go into a dance let's go into a dance of of exploration let's go into an exploration and let's set some boundaries so we don't go past a certain a certain point for whatever the reason, maybe it just feels like the right thing. But the idea is to create ba- the the idea with boundaries is just to create a playing field where you know if you're within the field or you're outside of the field, so that everybody everybody feels safe at all the levels that matter. Mm-hmm. So setting boundaries is important.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, it's <clears throat> it'll just create additional safety. Now, personally, I like playing with I like going slower with less boundaries but Mm. at the same time not everybody is comfortable with adjusting their boundaries or speaking up about their boundaries as things are occurring so Mm. a good conversation to have with your partner is would you would you rather set some boundaries so that you know we're not going to go past certain certain levels of engagement like you know, maybe no sex, but kissing is okay. Maybe first base, you may use the basis system. First base, second base. And you agree what that means too, because
0: right it means, means
2: different, different. And there's
0: always sloppy second. I remember that. <laughs> uh,
2: yes, totally. So so I think it's important to to talk about boundaries, if nothing else. Now, some people have what's called um, spontaneous desire. Some people is, have what's, what I call a rising desire. A 50 shades of yes exploration is more on the on the, on the, on the side of of uh, a rising desire. And the difference is is somebody who's spontaneous desire, they much prefer if you say, "Hey, do you want to do this?" And you know, and the this is whatever it is that you want to do. But for somebody who has a rising desire, they're, they're more likely to think, well, I don't even know how far I want to go into this thing you just described. I'd much rather find out by doing it
0: yeah listen to the body let the body decide that's right yeah
2: <laughs> let the body give its answer maybe also mm. um you know you're talking to somebody who who likes to what who who likes to be in their in their more primal selves or their more somatic selves and I don't want to think about it too much and to actually right. declare what's about to happen is like too much it's too much conversation that their animal their body is not really able to identify mm.
0: which could also be a turnoff as well
2: exactly exactly to actually go to somebody and say let me just describe all the things i want to do yeah. with you tell me which ones you're a yes to and a no to that's
0: like yeah that's
2: too much it's in your head too
0: much, too much too much thinking and then your animal body's like i'm just going to go to i'm going to actually go to sleep now
2: <laughs> exactly it's it's not exciting for the for the animal the animal it's doesn't really care about all but that's the thing the yeah. the animal doesn't really think in the future
0: right it's in the here and now
2: it's in the yeah. here and now so Fifty Shades of Yes exploration is very, very supportive of the inner animal and or the animal body and the somatic body, and even the emotional body who doesn't want to, who who just wants to explore what's here now and what's here now and what's right. here. now?
0: Also really honoring the Eros and the turn on, which also lives in the here and now. We can't That's predict. Right. We, we can't predict. I could say, yes, I want to explore this with you. <clears> but at the end of the day, if my pussy's not open and available, like it's, an, it's a no, it's a no, even though I want it to be a yes. So it's like really honoring that primal intelligence of the erotic energy and letting mm-hmm. that be the guide, I think is really That's powerful. Right.
2: That's right. So I think I, I think it's okay to express some level of desire. Like I'm basically saying my desire is to go in this direction. And I don't know if we're going to get there or if we're going to make a left turn or a right turn here, but to say, you know, my my desire is to explore eroticism or or to explore sensuality or to explore but even that could be too much Mm -hmm. it could be that your pussy or my cock or 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 any other parts of my body i want to be able to listen to that and if i haven't had the space to do that then then a 50 shades of yes conversation or exploration will allow me to feel into that more Mm-hmm. And that can be like a big win for somebody. So yes. so another uh, an, another piece of this is intention. Like like we are, you can have a conversation around intention if you know what your intention is. Maybe your intention is to be in the moment and to really follow moment to moment how your body feels or how your heart feels or how your animal feels. Mm, that's,
0: that's what it's a great practice though. for life. Right. That's if right. we can if we can embody that level of presence and attunement and honoring of our body's truth in sexuality, that's life-changing. Life right? changes how you eat, it changes where you live, it changes who you interact with, right? It changes all your decisions.
2: But also, you know, people forget that they push themselves and they drive their body to do all kinds of things.
0: Yes.
2: And, and fair enough, when we're in an agreement field with somebody else, <clears throat> there's like the agreement to self, the agreement, the agreement field with them, especially with a lover, you've been together for a long time. And, and there's, there's, there's patterns of behavior that actually create. actually create trust between you two like it you know if these patterns shift or change you'll you know you might have a sense of oh something is off i need to pay attention to that so and that pattern of behavior could be sleeping together once a week now simultaneously you're you know every human is trying to have a pattern of behavior that matches their internal state Mm. they want to be accurate to what feels right so so the, there's conflicting needs that arise in relationships, whether they're brand new and you know you're still figuring it out, or or long-term relationships. It's also important just to pay attention to that. Like it's not that that you know you might not be a hell yes to your own internal state, but you might be a hell yes to to. To to keeping the relationship into in a in a state where trust is present, where where uh, repeated patterns are present, because that's how you know that the relationship is going well. And some people abandon themselves in that mm. in that process.
0: Mm. They're like, "What do you What do you mean by that?"
2: Well, if you're if you're if if you're not internally feeling turned on anymore, but for the sake of the relationship and the safety of the relationship, you will sleep you you sleep with your partner. Right. Right. And things have been shifting for you, <clears throat> or you want something else, you have a desire that things need to change. Often, what I'll tell clients as I'm coaching them is can you go back to a place of not knowing with your partner? This is where uh 50 shades of yes conversation or the exploration comes in. Mm. This is where you can say, let's just, you know, wipe the table clean. Can you be in the space of there's no pattern and now you're you're you need to rediscover a new pattern that is more accurate for the two of you maybe you've changed maybe maybe you are maybe the knowing of what's about to happen between the two of you and the two bodies and the two animals just feels like it's it's it, it's getting old
0: yeah it's outdated it's no longer current
2: outdated yeah. and not current yeah
0: uh, it's not alive
2: not alive it just feels repetitive and there's there's beauty in repetition there's there's um
0: There's safety in it.
2: It's it's like ritual.
0: Yes, yes, yes.
2: There's safety in it. There's safety there. You like the way your relationship with this person is expressed. If it's if it's in repeated patterns that are recognizable, it creates a structure that you two can live in. Mm. But if it's boring, then you're changing as a human and you want something more. And so part of the the repeated pattern should include more shifts and more change to express the level the level and the depth and intimacy of a relationship that you've reached with this partner mm-hmm. and then challenges can occur like what if your capacity to become more intimate with this person hits a wall mm-hmm. like there are things either that are not expressed or you're or they're, or you're growing faster than they than than they are or they're growing faster than you are and you're left not necessarily you specifically uh but one person is left feeling like they have to accelerate their their process of intimacy or their mm. their ability to engage more intimately or or with more with more nuances or with more depth mm. than the other person mm. mm-hmm. then then they, they then the uh they have to go faster or or deeper than they are capable of at this point in their development mm. that can happen as well
0: yeah yeah. Yeah, so it's it's really taking this concept of exploring the zone of maybes, not just in a sexual container in that moment, but actually in the meta view of living in that zone of aliveness moment to moment within mm-hmm. your relationship container itself.
2: That's right. I mean, even a new lover is a relationship container. Mm-hmm. There's a, except that with a new lover or with a new person is just no patterns have been established. So the discovery is in what are the patterns we could create where I'm going to recognize you and you're going to recognize me <laughs> and we're going to, rec- we're going to begin to recognize a thing that stands, be- that exists as the dance of us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's, there's <laughs> and it's not like you don't want complete randomness. Like nobody wants that. You want, you want, mo- you want a lover that will recognize who you are in your body and how your body works relatively quickly. Otherwise, it's going to feel like they're not paying attention
1: mm. and
2: vice versa. And if this happens well, <laughs> the dance of the two of you will begin to emerge. Right. But when that's been happening for too long, there could be a complacency or there could be a relaxing into it, which is great for long term, but it's not great for discovery and exploration and the excitement that comes and, out of and it. Like you.
0: And turn on.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you, there, there's a balance between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't have a good mix of the two for accurate for the two of you, something will break down.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, whether yep.
2: boredom or I can't keep up with you.
0: Right. Right. Yep. That totally makes sense. And that again requires both partners to be very attuned to That's their right. own individual bodies and process, but also to the vibration of the container to be incredibly present. Yeah. Incredibly present.
2: And what happens if if their capacity to be present or 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 feel into themselves or feel into the other person reaches a limit, <clears throat> um then there's a disconnect that starts to occur as well. Like I remember I was I was playing with this Balinese orchestra many, many years ago, and I was doing the gong, and the gong was easy because it's you know, there's not that many notes, you just have to hit them in the right moment. And then at some point I was placed into a different uh, category, which was looked more like these little thim, uh, symbols. Anyway, <clears throat> the symbols are really fast. And, if, and it's a lot harder. And what I discovered very quickly is that everybody else who was a musician could nail it really quickly. And it would take me two or three times as long before I could get with the program, whatever it is we were practicing. And I realized that I was hitting my limits. Mm-hmm. And I felt that in relationship as well. My uh, early on in my relationship, my my current partnership Early on, I hit a limit of intimacy. I hit a limit of how, how much I could feel, how deep I could feel. And it, eventually that started to, to shift. But at the time, it just felt like we, we'd we reached the limit of how far and how deep we could go intimately. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> instead, I started looking and, you know, we were already in an open non-monogamous container. So I started looking for people I could connect with at the level that I could connect. And, um, you know, that caused both really amazing experiences, but also difficulty in my relationship.
0: Mm. Um, So you didn't hit the limit in your, in your body. It wasn't like your body hit the limit. You hit the limit within that specific container.
2: I don't know. It's uh, at the time I felt like we hit the limit. And then since then I've gone way beyond those limits, but, uh, but some of it was internal for sure. Some of it was just, you know, both of us hitting limits internally, and then bet- then together it became harder and harder to find a way to um, at least at least at a physical level to uh, to properly connect with each other. And we're still together. We just we just over time and with enough time found ways find found ways to uh, to stay connected and to uh, and to continue to deepen and add more nuances to the relationship. Mm-hmm. But there's a pace to that. There's a pace to growth. And there's a pace to Mm. finding alignment with somebody else.
0: Right, right. It it reminds me of nature, right? Like nature has its own pace. And some some plants require, like bamboo requires seven years of rooting before it even begins to Mm. show its sprout, you know, and then some plants just grow instantly. And so it's, I love that you're mentioning pacing, because when we're working with the nervous system as well, we want to create safety in how we expand within our nervous system to be able to hold all that, those high frequencies of pleasure and- excitement.
2: Well, this is why it's been really useful to look at attachment theory. For me, I just geek out on it because I keep finding Uh, more nuances. And what I found over time is, since my nervous system leans more in the direction of avoidant, I've come to realize that in the early days, because I didn't know that, I thought I could go really fast. But really what was happening is I couldn't feel enough to realize that I needed to go slow in order to really feel everything. So I was having a great time, but really I wasn't feeling that much. Mm. And because I'd never known or seen anything else, I I, I thought this was the, the limit of feeling. And when I started slowing down and realizing, wow, okay, this, you know, my grandfather died three months ago and now I'm shedding a tear. Okay, I'm really not feeling that fast. And so I started accumulating the, the evidence that things were moving really slowly inside of me. And, and, and I started to slow down my engagement with people, Mm. or I started just to realize that other people have their own pace of engagement. So again, in the exploration of, of 50 shades of yes, if you slow down enough, that's why that's partially why I, you know, I recommend slowing down It's because at the very least you can, you can align with the slowest moving emotional body. And primal body and, and somatic body. Mm. And when you when you're able to do that, then you can actually synchronize more easily. It's just that we live in a world that moves so fast,
1: right?
2: <clears throat> that it's it's easy to lose track that mm. some nervous system move really, really slow.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's such a beautiful point. That's such a beautiful point. And I'm curious with with this, with this slowing down and navigating the 50 shades <laughs> of yes. How do we know, and this will obviously be different for each person, but overall, how do we know once we've hit a boundary? How will will we know that?
2: (laughs) Okay. Um, There's a few different kinds of boundaries. First of all, there's the boundary of things are going too fast. And the way you know is because things, things become crunchy. Like dance with anyone. If you accelerate the, the accelerate the dance with them, at some point you're going to start bumping into each other. You're going to think, oh, is they're going to move this way, and you try to move that way, and and the dance, be, you know, loses its grace. Mm. It's not. It's still a dance, but it it doesn't feel as graceful. It doesn't feel like you're moving together anymore.
1: Right. The
2: connection, the level of connection goes goes down. the 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 quality of the connection goes down. Yeah. So disconnection and and the, the losing of grace are, are two of the, the the primary ways that you start to notice that something is not going well. Mm. Some of it is because of the pace, and some of it is because you're hitting some some internal some some internal limits or you you're, you're hitting some some limits around how your reality coheres with their reality. And I'm talking about the way the the way the 77 seven bodies move together the way your heart and your emotions and your desires and your boundaries all sort of try to kind of you know fit with the other person and <clears throat> when you're hitting these limits things don't feel a line as a as line anymore and the way you notice is this connection happens as I mentioned um you're and you're also noticing that that when that what you believe is happening and what what they believe is happening becomes different mm. like you or, or you or you get into the nuances of what you think is happening like and actually my friend Derek Hart who's a beautiful relationship uh counselor just amazing work that he he does really amazing work and one of the things that he has couples do he he has each person try to speak what the other speak about what the other person's What's happening in the other person's internal world?
0: In in a sexual interaction or just overall no, just a, just in a
2: relation of I mean sexual also, but uh but in, just in a relational context. Like mm-hmm. to for like if you and I were in a relationship, I would have to part of the the challenge, the challenge or the exercise is can I tell what's happening inside of you? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Which then causes you to behave the way you do. Mm-hmm. Can I can can I extend myself? empathetically but also potentially somatically Mm -hmm. um or primarily can i extend myself with a knowing of what can i extend myself into you and know what's happening for you accurately enough that when i engage with you i engage with you with max with optimal connection Mm, and vice versa so i can do this with my partner of 20 years but even 10 years ago no way i could do that Mm but initially at the beginning of a relationship <clears throat> the relationship is mostly you know 90% it's like 90% fantasy you think you know what's going on with the other person they think they know what's going on with you <clears throat> and at some level you're actually putting your best foot forward mm-hmm. you're 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 really wanting this connection especially if the bonding feels good and you're and you're you're feeling that 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 interaction, it feels really graceful initially, because you're putting so much attention on it. Mm. And you're, and you're absolutely doing your absolute best to stretch yourself to within the realm, within the interaction that you're having with this person. But, you know, of course, two or three years down the line, you start to relax a little bit more, because now you feel more safe, because you feel the bond. And now you start to see all the things go out of whack. Mm. Because you become yourself again, you're not just being you know not just being a chameleon trying to do the best you can to to meet this other person but you go back to yourself to your more authentic self and the authenticity is is the new is the new and the new level of intimacy that's being mm, sought sought it's a new note after. It sounds
0: like a new note that's coming through and is there yeah. harmony in those two new notes meeting
2: that's right well if, or if it's the note that you can like imagine if it's a musical instrument it's it's the two notes that you can that you can sing or or play the longest, with mm-hmm. the most ground grounding and the most repetition and the most like there's just so many things about who you are that starts to come out, and it's really rich. It's really a greater degree of richness. Mm-hmm. The initial, the initial game of intimacy is one of can we show to each other that we can, if we if we really try, that we can meet each other. Mm-hmm. And we can do a really good job of it. <clears throat> but that's not sustainable. What's sustainable is to go back to who you really are and continue to make it work. But if you can create enough of a bond initially, then you, you build trust. And that trust is you know basically, can I trust that you care? Can I trust that you're going to show up for me? Can I trust that you can stretch for me? All of that is really useful to create enough of a bond that when both people start to become who they really are, and start to show that out of trust that the stretch will continue rapid, but more slowly and more gracefully and more and more carefully and with and, and with greater commitment because that's what it calls for to to get to know somebody in the deeper the deeper shades of somebody not the not just the shades of yes but the shades of no and the shades of ouch and the shades of mm. what the fuck and the shades of mm. darkness like the places where people are messy that's a consent conversation that most people are not ready for initially. It's too much. It's too much intimacy too soon. <clears throat> and there often, there's often like big things that happen that basically signify. And I that that brings me back to your question initially. How do you know you're hitting a limit? <clears throat> how you know you're hitting a limit is when you start to realize that this person is fully human. <sighs> and by fully human, it can look like. I've named three big things that are related to realizing that one, I call it the big fight. Mm -hmm. It's, it's the fight that's basically all out and you you're so upset or you're so dysregulated or you're so in fight mode that you're just going to go all out. Mm -hmm. And you, you can see both, both partners see each other as, as the extent of, the fighter that they can be and how much harm can potentially come out of Mm, that
0: yes it's scary it's like whoa you see their ability to bail or to attack or to be in extreme anger like you know whatever 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 they're throwing things across the room maybe
2: maybe there's violence Mm -hmm. maybe there's Mm -hmm. maybe it's just like internal wildness wildness that you're like whoa okay this this
0: haven't seen that yet crazy (laughs) i haven't
2: seen that yet (laughs) Uh and that i haven't seen that yet is a pure moment of intimacy
0: right right it's a really good point
2: and yeah. I call that so so there's three things so there's the big fight there's the big uh the big turn off which is I haven't seen that yet and whoa that is not pretty at all mm, that's intimacy I don't, like that. mm-hmm. I don't like that that's intimacy like if I'm going to be with this person I'm going to have to live with that <laughs> um okay. and then the third one is the first betrayal of trust mm. Because there will always inevitable. be a moment yeah it's inevitable there will always be at some point a betrayal of trust and if it hasn't happened yet at some point it will and the idea is that <clears throat> when pushed hard enough nervous systems get des- get, get dysregulated shadows come out which is what causes the big turn off uh, or causes the fight they, they sometimes interact with each, all three interact on top of each other all sometimes all at the same time in the in in the fight.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <clears throat> but that's how you discover who this person really is. And then the consent conversation is no longer can I sh- can we show each other how much we can stretch is can we show each other that we can stay with each other despite the realness of what's occurring mm-hmm. and the pain and the harm mm-hmm. that can come out of it. That's mm-hmm. that's a consent conversation yeah, right there.
0: That's deep, that's deep intimacy. And can I love myself in that process as well? Can I be with myself? Can I be with my, the other in person? My humanness and <laughs> in the shadows.
2: Yep. Yeah, because your shadows might actually <clears throat> come out, come up in the in in response to their shadows.
1: <clears throat>
2: your fighter might come come up in the in the presence of their fighter, or it could be that you dissociate in the presence of their fighter and you start to see the the interlocking. <clears throat> that that is the, the 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 underlying intimacy of the subconscious. Finding a partner that feels at, at some level more more comfortable because of the way they're weird or 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 awful or crunchy or or um, or difficult to be with. Like mm-hmm. there's there, there's some aspects of us that subconsciously recognize that. Potentially, it's not always the case. Like plenty of secure people get together with non-secure with, with people who are just really messy and it, you know, the messiness continues to unfold. Um, but very often too, part of the reason that the initial the, the initial dance feels so good is because we subconsciously recognize things in the other person that f- that fits our insecurities and that fits our wounds.
0: To discover that this person can trigger me,
2: (laughs) exactly. But rarely do you say that when (laughs) when you're when you're in the middle of the fight and be like, "Thank you so much for triggering me."
0: Thank you. (laughs) It's that's
2: not the way it works. Yeah. The way it works is, oh shit, you hurt me. Yeah. And I have to learn to love you in a way that actually fits my nervous system accurately in my in my healing process. Mm. And oh. Shit, I hurt you. And and I recognize that some of it could be because of my own wounds, or some of it because it could just be an accident, and I never meant to, but now it happened, and we can't make that go away. And we're you, you whenever these big three chunky events happen, and possibly more after that, they're really a they're really all a deepening of intimacy. And are you ready are we ready for the conversation of are we willing to go this deep with somebody else on our path of growth and on our path of uh, on our path to to deeper to uh, to growth and healing mm-hmm. and um, sometimes we actually cause harm in the process of healing mm-hmm. and sometimes we are harmed in the process of healing as well because we don't know enough to prevent that from happening in the first place we're not mm-hmm. secure enough we're not Evolved enough, we're not integrated enough to actually catch it before it happens. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's like, um, you know, your car is starting to break down as a you know, there's the engine started to break down, but you don't realize that it is, so you just keep driving until at some point it dies completely and you have to do a major, you know, major transplant of engine. But <clears throat> you know, maybe other parts of the car actually start breaking down in the process and you just didn't know better. So, mm-hmm. so part of the healing process might involve more harm and more difficulties. And it's an intimate experience to do that with a partner for multiple years.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's so beautiful. And I I love this part of, you know, it's like when we meet those no's, which can feel like fight or flight or a trauma response or a trigger very much feels like a no in the body. Mm -hmm. Every part of your body is like, no, 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 no. But it sounds like from what you're saying, like, it's like, can we be patient and compassionate and present enough to actually stay with that no and that response and actually find the opening that's available in there? And so again, bringing that Fifty Shades of Yes even into like a trigger or trauma response is like, can we actually still find the opening when every part of your body's like, no. I mean,
2: it's even when you're in a hell no, at some point you're going to get out of it. Depending on your attachment style, and that's just because I like look at it that way, or your nervous system, at some point, you'll come out of the freeze, you'll come out of the fight, you'll come out, and you'll, you'll feel differently, because you'll be able to see more clearly when you come out of it. And, and that's, that's why the that's why I was speaking about the feedback conversation, the aftercare conversation, because in the moment, in the moment to moment unfolding, you may not be able to fully appreciate from a from a you know, be able to see what's happening until later. You you may not be able to learn from it in the moment. You might just be moved moved by moved by the emotions, moved by the move by the no, moved by the closing. Like it, it's okay it's okay to close. The nervous system closes and opens all the time. So if you're a no, and of course that could cause reactions in the other person, and that continues the the dance. That dance is 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 all information and all data to 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 look at and and try to make sense of what happens so that you can grow on your on your growth path and your healing path
0: mm, <clears throat> gives us a lot more room to be human, doesn't
2: it? I mean, you're only human. You just may not you may or may not be able to fully appreciate it. Mm. Um and that's another reason for compassion and love and care because mm-hmm. well we're already human like even even people who feel inauthentic or feel wrong or feel off or feel shadowy or feel difficult like to the degree that we can we it's you know we're all to the degree that we can we can offer that kind of compassion and love and support um but not but to a degree because you know maybe the person who just hurt you you're like no I'm not up for saying I forgive you, or I'm okay with I'm 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 okay with this growth process, which ultimately it will be if you can muster it, if you can integrate it. Mm. So, so, so I think part of the trajectory is to is to over time more fully appreciate your own inner process, so that you can more accurately connect with others, um, who hopefully will do the same, and you can support them in that, and they can support you in that. So when a no happens, it's like, oh, good information. Like what happened? Can we, you know, can, can we discover something about ourselves and each other? And, and ultimately, do we want to continue doing this because some good stuff came out of it? Mm -hmm. Can we, you know, and that's what partnership is Mm -hmm. in my interpretation, intimate, intimate partnership or life partnership is okay. You're a good human to learn with. i want to do this more Uh, i love
0: it it's like a valentine's day card will you be my uh, human to learn and grow with
2: (laughs) that's right and uh, actually a friend of mine uh, i did a class on on lifetime partnership and she had like 12 or 13 or 15 different uh zahava gris she's she's got great classes on that and it was 13 or 14 or 15 like different dimensions of engagement and one of them is is to be in a growth in a growth in a in a growth relationship it's really the relationship is really about growth some of them are about domestic partnership it's about things being kind of boring and reliable and the same all the time fair enough some people need that mm-hmm. because they're going to do their growth somewhere else right I mean there's always going to be growth even in domestic partnership but you know there's there's places that have more stability and places that have less yeah. And yeah. and part of the consent conversation and the consent exploration, which is what fifty shades of yes is, is in is in the, the discovery of what is the dance that you and I can have that's going to be more most accurate to the two of us based on where we're at, based on what we want, based on the pace we want, um, and based on our shadows, based on so many dimensions. Like you know, you can't even fully fathom it as you meet somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh you just have to have space and openness for the discovery of it, which again is why to try to name what you can do, you're gonna do with somebody to me feels a little premature. I'm more interested in being in the exploration of what can we create together and feel into that. And um and it could for sure it can look like two bodies on a bed or on a dance floor or a chat on WhatsApp. Mm-hmm. Like there's somebody I met on Facebook ostensibly she's also she's also done um, done some transformational work and we're on the same in the same tribe and we've never met we've been on in this conversation for three years are we going to meet one day I don't know but <clears throat> the, but the dance currently feels accurate to the two of us like I don't feel like I'm hiding anything and she doesn't feel at I'm interpreting I'm extending myself into her brain <laughs> interpreting that she's not hiding anything and maybe she is maybe she doesn't even know she is. Mm. So the dance of intimacy is is one of being open to to what comes and continuing to feel into that and trying to be in my interpretation as accurate with the other person as possible. So you're not leading them on and you're not trying to get something somewhere where they're they're not they're not up for it. Um, and staying accurate to yourself in the process. like, can you stay close together in this slow dance of maybe?
0: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And like you said in the beginning, it's have it's the ability to be comfortable in the mm-hmm. unknown yes. in the mystery, in the void because anything can happen in the maybe because it's alive and it's true.
2: have you ever have you ever been in a in a some version of a dance, like physical or or just in conversation with somebody? And then they come to you and they say, hey, what about we do X? And you kind of go, ah, oh, that just killed it. That just mm-hmm. killed the the, mm-hmm. the 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 unknown. You just like mm-hmm. destroyed the unknown with what you want. And now I can't not think about what you want. And it's not, doesn't match what I want. So now I'm kind of like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. And, uh, or what the heck? I should say what the heck. Okay, great. Uh, and, and so there's, there's power in there's power in the, in the unknown. There can also be power and you know, this is what I really want. I'm ex- I'm looking for somebody who can do that with me. And what could this be you? Um, especially when it feels when when it feels accurate to to call that out. Like maybe one person's like, I'm not up for the mystery anymore.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And there's going to be disappointment in that, which is a continuance of that dance.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Even the disappointment of it, even the the crunchiness of it, even the Okay, now we have to not be in this dance anymore because now the mystery is gone. Mm-hmm. It's also yeah. possible that one person calling out what they want is actually gonna feel to the other person like there is no more space to discover.
0: Right, right. It's like, like all it's the too- cards, all the cards are on all the cards are on deck.
2: Yeah, and what What if all the cards are on deck, but you're like, none of the cards are in, I, I'm not into any of the cards that you just put on the deck. <laughs> what does that mean? Well, often means like, okay, we're done. Mm-hmm. And there's a there's disappointment. There can be disappointment there. There can be a sense of loss.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: There's, there can be all kinds of things that show up in the presence of, you know, the missed opportunity, you know? You know, it's like the whole, the, the whole conversation on unrequited love yeah, you, know, you know, it's great when both people are how, how to crush on each other. But what if one person doesn't? Mm-hmm. Then it's like, oh, you were imagining this whole thing. You had this whole fantasy built up and there's no space for me and what I want in that fantasy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That That's a disconnection.
1: Total disconnection.
2: That's a, that's a difference in desire that is often too difficult to to face.
0: Yeah. And again, it's almost what I'm feeling with that fantasy is most of it's coming from the mental body. But if it were really dropped into the somatic, to the animal, to the heart, to the emotional, I think the animal Mm -hmm. and the emotional body would realize that there's a disconnection and it would bring you back into reality or bring you back into the present moment of what's actually happening or not happening. Right. The
2: animal would be like, there's nothing happening right now because our bodies are are not against each other. Like, what are you doing? You're like going like this far in that direction with that fantasy yes that's the mind Mm -hmm. and it and and or the mind or the heart you know desiring some kind of completion some kind of some kind of fulfillment that could stem from core wounds that could stem from a loss from before it could stem from just you know a a longing for something Mm. but that longing unless it's met um already or you know by luck by sheer luck sometimes cuz oh me too i also had this longing for you that does happen um but the fun p- the, the funny part about the 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 mutual longing is that that neither longing actually is about the other person right. and that's part of the reason why it's disconnecting is because this person is so inside of themselves with what they want that they actually they're actually not ac- they're, they're not actually Stepping out of themselves to try to integrate what they want with what the other person wants, mm-hmm. because they, when there's a real good integration, you're you're what you want and what they want starts to align, and that is that's an unknown until mm-hmm. un, until it's found out.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So again, coming back to presence, awareness, and attunement—not just for yourself and your own that's body, right. but also that's extending right. that energy into like what's actually what you're actually dancing with, what's alive in the moment. instead of
2: projecting that's right the projection is is you know fair enough people do it it's normal Mm -hmm. um and it takes it takes a lot of like i learned this when i was when i when i became a dad like it's not about me it's not just about me anymore it's about this human who wants things doesn't even know why they want them and have to be willing to extend myself in support of of learning what they want so I can support them in, in that. And it was, it was just, it was a very transpersonal experience, like transpersonal from the perspective of, it's not just about me. It's about, it's about the, the, it's about me extending myself to another. It's about me extending myself to my family as we co-create home together. And, and what I want is just a, is just a fraction of that. What I want just helps me direct, helps direct me. But as soon as I engage with another, I start melding with them, and what I want is no longer what I want. It's mm. it's it's no longer about what just what I want. It's about it's about how can I let go of what I want for the for the sake of the us that's emerging,
1: mm-hmm.
2: <clears throat> and yes. that requires um, a, a lot of security because there's a, there could be a sense of losing myself in right. that, and I, right. then I never get what I want. And what the heck, you know.
0: There's what the ego wants though. And then there's what the heart and soul want and what the truth wants and what your evolution wants. And oftentimes it's not always what the ego wants. Like they say in this stuff, (laughs) you you, you, sometimes you get what you need, not what you want.
2: (laughs) You know, marketers say that too. (laughs) Let's give people what they need, not what they want. (laughs) I mean, there's something to 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 be said to that. (laughs) I'd say, unless you've done a lot of work on yourself, and you've been able to, you know, you could say loosen the grip of ego, or just, or just be, or, or just engage in a way that's less about just you. Like there's less separation, um, then things become more graceful. They naturally become more graceful because you have the capacity and the range and the and the willingness to actually blend with the us of others more more easily. And then, uh, and and things become more enjoyable too, because this less it's less crunchy.
0: Yeah, it just feels yeah, it just feels good. <laughs> Alignment feels good. Yeah. One of the things I'm curious about here is when we're exploring this Fifty Shades of Yes, both within sexual context and also in the meta view of creating a relationship container. Sometimes when we hit a no in our physical body or in our belief system. It can feel so true, right? It's like a belief that we've held for so long about relating, or it's a, a belief that we've held for so long about um, sexuality. So what do we do when we meet those old beliefs that are no longer true? How do we melt them? Like, how do we come into like what's currently true for us? Because mm. those old beliefs or are, are, um, conditioning in the system can feel so true in that mm. moment.
2: I, I, I mean, I'm, I have a thought around that. So I don't know if it's the it's the solution to it. <laughs> but <clears throat> you know, like, have you ever done yoga where they say, you know, find your limit and just relax into it? Mm-hmm. You know, you do the pose and you go, okay, now I can like, like, uh, you know, I'll give you an example. Like, so I, I, I'll name that as the difference between soft boundaries and hard boundaries. A soft boundary is a place to grow from. So a soft boundary could be like, I try to push my finger backwards and, you know, initially, you know, and I, and I find that spot where my finger won't go any further, but I can, I can flex a little bit more. That's what I call the soft boundary. And the hard boundary is if I push past a certain point, it's going to break,
1: right?
2: Uh, And there is a point past which it's going to break. There's just no way around that. So that's the hard boundary. So, so when you hit a no, you don't necessarily, you may or may not know that past that point, something will break, but you know, there's a, there's definitely a a wall of some kind. Mm -hmm. So just as in yoga. So imagine that it's your emotional body doing yoga. It's your primal body doing yoga, or it's your, just your body, (laughs) just your body doing yoga. Of course you find that. No, like it feels like, no, I don't want to go any, I don't want to go past that. Uh, I mean, the thing with emotional bodies is that they can go way further than we than we think or we know, it's just mm. basically it's just a lot hard. It's just a lot harder to perceive, at least at least, and for some people, you know, with a body, you're like, okay, well, this this body was not physically built to go for this finger to go past a certain five past ninety degrees, fair enough. But when it's your emotional body finding a no, or there's a part of you, whatever that part may be, finding a no, <clears throat> the best thing you can do is just to say yes to it, mm. yes to the no. Can you be a yes to the no?
0: What do you mean by that?
2: Well, I guess sometimes I'm like, I smell some food because I'm hungry and I go, my body's like, nope. And I can just say, okay, I'm just going to be okay with the no. I'm not going to push. I'm not going to push it. (laughs) But so that's being a yes to the no. Like if, you know, if I if I say, do you want to go, do you want, do you, do you want to have sex? And you're like, no. It, is it better if I if I say, well, how about now? And how about now? how about now? How about now? How about now? Or is it better to say, I totally respect that. Let's just, we can just hang out in the, in the what do we do now? You know, in that moment of intimacy. <clears throat> and what happens in that moment of now there's spaciousness for you to be to be with the no that no is being respected that no is being accepted either by yourself or by somebody else cool. what's there is there is there like a is there a way to kind of flex just a little bit more to find out what's possible mm-hmm. or is there a different direction so to be a yes to your own no or to somebody else's no is to actually to actually create space to explore what direction to go now. Mm. And it could be that there's a real hard limit, or it could be that there just needs to be spaciousness to feel into it and go slower. Mm. So when I suggested earlier, when you do a 50 Shades of Yes dance or conversation is to go slower because inevitably you're gonna find some limits. It's just a matter of when and how and how quickly. (laughs) So if you go slowly, you're you, you, It might feel more like you're moving through this sort of slow, warm molasses, and when you're getting close to an edge of comfort, of desire, of interest, of like a, some kind of edge, whatever that edge is, that you know the edge is happening because your nervous system either either starts to wig out a little bit, or or that's a way for it to say no. By the way, you start mm-hmm. to you know, nervous systems start to waver or glitch. Um, or, or you start to feel pain in your body, or you start to feel discomfort in some way. That's, that's how you know you're approaching the no. Um, or you start having some negative, negative emotions or feelings. So once you start approaching that, to just be able to name it and speak to it, and then just say, okay, well, what now? <clears throat> but not from a place of any expectation, you're going to keep going. It could just mean that you need to go in a different direction. What if you're the, the interaction you have with somebody or within your own world is you're you're navigating these experiences and sometimes you get to the edge of what's possible or 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 comfortable for you. You know you're inside of a, a domain, call it this kind of geeky, but a domain of engagement or a domain of interaction or behavior, and you get to the edge of it, and you you're some part of you says no. That's because you reached the edge. Because before that, you're you're within what feels okay and accurate, and maybe the closer to the middle you are, the more of a yes you are. Maybe, mm-hmm. but as you get closer to the edge, your yes starts to shift into into a no, and then you're a no. Hopefully, you reach that edge before you cross it. That happens sometimes for people who can't feel that. Mm-hmm. That's a whole different topic. Mm-hmm. But you feel the no. And then all you need to do once you reach that edge of this big bubble of what you can do, maybe all you need to do is just change direction. And if you change direction, you'll actually find your yes again.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause you're in motion.
2: <clears throat> you're in motion. Yeah,
0: you stopped. You haven't frozen yeah. at that. At that no.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, and maybe the other person can help you with that. Mm. Maybe the other person can be like, I've got this whole other other um, uh, playground that we can go to that does not involve pushing past your no. Mm -hmm. But, But fair enough, once you reach the no, then you have a sense that in this moment, with this person, in this particular engagement, whatever that means, you've reached an edge. And then you can decide if you can decide to be a maybe around your no you can just be a yes around the no. And then you can just be like, well, maybe I could go a little further and see what happens. Like this is, this is what happens at the gym when you're like, well, I've got one more rep in me, maybe, and you try and maybe you can't. And that's why you have somebody to, you know, check to, Mm to spot, check to spot you Mm -hmm. because what if you actually can't.
0: Right.
2: And a good partner in life or in sex or in intimacy is a partner that learns over time where you push yourself in a way that's growthful and when you push yourself in ways that's hurtful Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that that is gold if you can find somebody it's not just you just don't find them you grow them you grow them to support you to be with you in a way that will be growthful for you instead of harmful
0: right such a such a refinement there and first we have to know it within ourselves
2: Yes. But, but the, 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 pieces is that because blind spots, you know, blind spots, sometimes somebody else, somebody else will see it better than you. And then they can check in with you and be like, Hey, I noticed, like you often do this thing and actually it doesn't look like you feel better. Like, is that, is that accurate? Or is that not accurate? Like they can't necessarily name this stuff for you, but they can at least point to it and be like, how about how about that?
0: Yeah, observation. yeah,
2: yeah. and um and it's and it's also it's also a highly trusted position for somebody oh, to be yeah. able to do that with you. That's why coaches, yeah. that's why therapists end up in this really highly trusted positions where they can do this kind of calling and naming and, and in a way that is actually supportive and accurate for the person. Yes. When it's done well, it's actually supportive.
0: Yeah, it takes a lot of trust and surrender.
2: And it's because they are they're adding resources to this to your system or to a person's system that they didn't have before. Mm-hmm. Um, they they can add perspective, they can add techniques, they can add exercises, they can have like just ways of supporting a greater accurate reading of self, which then allows you to be more secure and more mature and more aware. And, mm-hmm. and wiser in how you engage with life and how you, also how you engage with others. Mm-hmm. So there's there's something about being in these conversations that lead you to find partners that will actually uh, be um, be healthy for you as you move forward in life. It's not just like, I'm mm-hmm. going to engage with this mm-hmm. person, have a great time, have an orgasm or two, but it's like every conversation you have with somebody is an opportunity to discover something about yourself and about them moment to moment, which is great, but also an opportunity to discover if this person could be a partner in life, which doesn't mean a life partner, but a partner in the discovery of living and discovery of being being in this reality and, and learning from it and becoming a better human. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So romantic. <laughs>
2: totally i mean transformational transformational romanticism is great
0: you should create your own line (laughs) of romance cards really (laughs) do you want to help me go from avoidant to secure (laughs) (laughs) be my valentine
2: (laughs) Uh, actually i saw i saw a bdsm one uh bdsm meme one person says tell me what to do and the other person says do your inner work (laughs) I, I thought it was brilliant.
0: Yeah, all like the the actual things that we should be saying on on Valentine's days and, and first date proposals, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, part of intimacy is, is to be able to to have these, you know, uh, feedback conversations. So I mentioned that a couple of times. Like, I every year I talk to my son, I say, "How can I be a better dad? Like, what does it look like?" Not not what I not what you think I I want you to say, but I want you to say all the things that annoy you or that or that makes it harder for you as your dad. And he just lays it out I mean, less yelling or less or less repeating myself. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. I, and um, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to work on that <clears throat> because we're what I'm trying to do with him, and I think every partner who's worth their salt every human who's worth the is trying to do is how can I, how can I be in better relationship with you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it I takes feedback. That. It takes feedback to do that. It takes, it takes, let's look at that thing that happened six months ago or two months ago or a month ago. And, and how did that go? And like, no judgment, like humans are crunchy. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, you know, may, you know, may we, may we all be more accurate <laughs> as we move forward in our life Um, as we learn from our past because Mm -hmm. and until until we're good at learning from our past we're not going to be good at learning from our present Mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm. yeah all that integration as well like digesting all the past and reclaiming the energy and life force that we can have more energy for this moment
2: there's a there's a pace to integration Mm -hmm. and uh, and it's not instantaneous at least not initially like you learn a lot in the moment but the, the real learning is in the is in the looking back and the reflecting and the reflecting by yourself and the reflecting with another in a trusted container. Mm -hmm. These trusted containers don't just happen. You, You might think, oh, I trust this human instantly, but the real trust comes from the depth of connection that arises over time with a human. And that depth of connection and the depth of trust that comes out of it is not something you can fake, or you can, or you can fantasize, fantasize your way into. It's the, it's, it's the kind of thing that all, you know, like if you have a 20 year long, you have a friend who's known it for 20 years, nobody else who's uh, other than other people who've known it for 20 years. And then of course they do it their own way. Nobody else can approach that Mm -hmm. because they're, the life and the common, the commonality and the, and the, and the feedback and the looping of, of reflection is something that builds over time. You can, you, you maybe you can do it faster, you know, over the years, maybe instead of 20 years and now it takes 10 years, but they, it still takes time.
1: Yeah.
2: <clears throat> and, and that's why we're in these conversations. That's why we're in these, these, these 50 shades of yes conversations where, you know, we don't know what's going to happen because in the not knowing, there's the potential discovery for something we don't know.
0: Mm-hmm. And isn't that really and, what we're seeking is for what we don't know?
2: I mean, if you're a growth-oriented mindset kind of person, then yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, <clears throat> you know, fair enough. I know some people are like, I know I know what I like. I know what feels good. I'm open to growth, but mainly I'm just really happy with being happy. I know, mm-hmm. I know one person like that, and I'm like, fair enough. Like... Maybe you're at a place where you just want to coast and maybe that's it for you. And then, you know, one day you're like, oh, now I want to have a child and or now I want to have a new partner. And, you know, growth will happen. There's no way around it. It's it's going to be illness or accident. Yeah, exactly. It's like challenges will pop up. Or there's just going to be a tendency for people to be like, You're really good at this. Let me give you this extra challenge, this extra job at your at your at your work or or you'll just naturally tend towards the, some of it is just not wanting to be bored.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It's just as simple as that. Like, oh, okay, I've been there. Not that. Like, I want to do something different. Mm-hmm. And of course, because it's different. Like, this is you having a 50 shades of yes conversation with your, with your career, with your job, or right. with everything around you.
0: Right. Yeah. Bringing it into all of your life experiences.
2: That's right. That. Yeah. I love that. To be, to be a yes to the maybe. Mm-hmm. Like I have the had this class called Fifty Shades Fifty Shades of Yes, and one of one of the pieces of the exercise So there's two pieces I wanna uh, I wanna speak to. One of them is I had people walking around saying yes, no, or maybe to each other, and I said, okay, now pick pick one of the three. Find somebody around the room. I knew people are just walking around, and one person would say yes, and the other person would say no. Okay, what comes up? What's the story? Oh, I said yes, and you rejected me. Maybe that's the story. Or somebody says no, and the other person says yes, and maybe that sounds like they're rejecting their no, or maybe that sounds like I'm a yes to your no. All kinds of stories pop up, and these stories are all you know uh, reflections of the internal, the the internal interaction, the the, the internal story that's arising when you're <clears throat> engaging with somebody else these internal stories will settle into a few that relate to your core wounds, um, or a reaction to your core wounds and that's the new level of intimacy, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one piece that's interesting. Like you just just go to somebody and say, yes, no, maybe, all kinds of fun stories arise yeah. from that from th- that simple interaction. And then two words, uh, two words. <clears throat> and you know, out of three options. So you can imagine that, that being in an interaction with somebody around where you're navigating your yes, no, maybe, and they're navigating their yes, no, maybe like this, you know, like the, from, you know, at any of the 50 shades or a hundred or however much you want, it's going to create very nuanced interactions with them. And that's, that's really, it's really a dance. Mm -hmm. So that's that's just a really interesting perspective that as you're navigating your own levels of yes, they're navigating their own levels of yes. Right. And And part of the fun of, of of partnership is to have some aspects that are that where the the level of yes and no is is different. Like, mm-hmm. for example, like your contribution to somebody else is often the things you're a hell yes to, and they're kind of, there are any levels less than that. Like, maybe you love to cook and they're like, I don't care. Mm -hmm. And you're like, I'm going to cook you the best food. And you're going to be like, holy shit, this is, there's a whole world there. And they go from, I don't care what I eat to, wow, eating well is such a thing that they, you know, now they're a yes to, they didn't realize. And if you guys were to break up, they might be like, I'm not just, you know, they might revert back or they might be like, actually now I'm a yes to eating well. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's a way we impact each other. Private chat, <laughs> exactly. I'm a yes to a private
0: chat now that I'm single.
2: <laughs> right, so there's there's a way that 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 we impact each other around our yeses and no's. and uh, and it could be could be the other way around. Like through trauma, we're um, being a no as an expression of trauma, mm-hmm. or 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 fear, or 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 being a no from a place of fear is an expression of trauma. We could actually transfer that to the other person what do you mean by that? Well, you know, if you're, if you have, if no, let's just say, I'm not going to speak to you directly, but if you're, if somebody is a, is expressing no from place of fear, because they have trauma, because they're afraid of what could happen, not because of the person they're interacting with necessarily, but because of their past, Mm. it could actually destroy the intimacy and it could actually impact the nervous system of the other person. And have them go into their own version of fear and no, in whatever it looks like PTSD or a turnoff or, and, and so we impact each other in the interaction that we have with each other. We, we impact each other and we change each other in these interactions. Like we change somebody else's life by the ways we navigate this dance with them they're learning something about themselves and it's not always positive things right. it could be they're learning that they can be they can be hurt or they can be harmed that could be a form of learning mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's you know it's not always positive our nervous system doesn't see the difference our nervous system only o- only looks at what's going to be most adaptive right and tries to do its best
0: right right yeah such a such a correlation between our nervous system and how regulated we are To our ability to connect intimately and to trust the world and to trust other people, so deeply connected.
2: Yep. Mm. So I I wanted to to
0: feel our truth in the moment as well. If we're dysregulated, we have no idea what's a yes and what's a no and what's a maybe because we're actually not we're 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 not embodied. We're not in 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 presence.
2: I mean, at some level, you are. If you dysregulate, you're present to danger, and you're gonna react in a way that's the most adaptive, which is basically millions of years in the making. Um even beyond in 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 acts beyond your capacity to think straight. Basically, your capacity to to reason goes out the window when you're dysregulated. And you're going to do the thing that, as far as millions of years of evolution have confirmed, is going to lead to the best outcome. Even though it's 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 not a good solution. Most of the time it'll be it'll be the most adaptive outcome. So so thinking is too slow to evaluate danger properly in a way that is adaptive at Mm -hmm. least you know at least as far as the nervous system is concerned Mm -hmm. Uh, because we're still I mean we're still the kind of we're still you you know we're human animals and we're still more animals than we're human and we're still evolved we still have the evolution that caused us to be able to to move around the savannah or wherever around the world that was, you know, to avoid a saber-tooth tiger, if you know they, they were not everywhere in the world. But you know, the idea is that our body is still geared towards avoiding predators and and surviving in a in a in a dangerous environment where nature is trying to kill you to to get you every chance it gets. Mm-hmm. Like our civilization is a tiny little fraction of that. And our new layer the new layer of our brain is essentially in service to the lower layers Mm -hmm. so when the lower layers say nope not engaging we need to conserve energy and we need to make to get you to survive then the higher level the the higher brain the the neocortex just goes out goes offline or mostly and what this means is that if somebody says the wrong thing to you and you get dysregulated because of past experiences or something like that happens you're no longer capable of thinking right it's very useful to find out but in the moment there's nothing you can do about it mm-hmm. you're that that's your 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 brain is out the window and and later on you can be like wow i can't believe i did this or what the heck happened or that was weird if you're not used to it but if you grew up with trauma it happens all the time so you so you're navigating moments where it's equivalent to you being drunk and barely remembering sometimes barely remembering what just happened yeah or blacking awesome. out there there's some there's some extreme versions of that or you're, you're witnessing it but you're unable to stop it that happens in fights where you're like wow I know there's a part of me that could just be like let's just drop all of this and love each other but you can't mm-hmm. and later on you that's where you go back and you're like I'm so sorry I got I you know things got I got carried away yeah, and I said okay. things I shouldn't have and Then you repair, and it's the nature of humans to repair in ways that animals don't need to.
0: Right, right, yeah, that's a beautiful point. It's very hard to access open heart when your nervous system is in fight or flight.
2: Yeah, because you're as far as your as far as your nervous system is concerned, you're about to die. Yeah, and you know, fair enough. Our we're unfortunate, fortunately or unfortunately, our neocortex is able to imagine things that don't exist. That's their trade offs for that. The trade-off is in some cases, you can imagine things that allow us to have a civilization or a long-term relationship or or have it or do a fears, desires, boundaries conversation and imagine what could happen. I mean, that's all great. <clears throat> but the downside of it is if somebody says the wrong thing, we could actually imagine them to be monsters, or we can imagine, or we might misattribute what they said with what something our dad said or mom said years ago, or an ex said. And now we think they are the same thing.
0: Now, now that's, they are the saber-toothed
2: tiger. <laughs> that's right, exactly. Or, yeah. or some version of something dangerous. Mm-hmm. And in dysregulation, our nervous system doesn't know that in in the because our neocortex identifies things in also in you know in is it is this is this person friendly or not friendly? Uh, um, you know, will we can it can cause us to go into dysregulation because of things we imagine. A friend of mine used to say. Um, Fear, fear stands for false evidence appearing real, uh-huh. and like we don't necessarily have enough evidence to know that something is dangerous, mm-hmm. but we have the capacity to imagine it to be the dangerous, and that's equivalent as far as our, our nervous system is is concerned. Mm-hmm. So we go into dysregulation because our because our 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 neocortex says, I don't see all of the evidence, but I'm imagining this is something dangerous. So watch out, and this is how we've evolved ourselves to be even more adaptive than we used to be. We're more adaptive than mammals because we can imagine things that don't exist. That makes us capable of imagining things that could be around the corner. Mm-hmm. And that's useful, but it's also, there's trade-offs.
0: It's how we use it, yeah. What are we penciling in, right?
2: Yeah, and all of that shows up when you're in partnership or any form of dance with somebody. You, you, you might not get dysregulated, but, You'll start to start to notice patterns, you'll start to notice, you know, is this person paying attention? If I do this thing, are they going to do that thing? If I do the same thing, are they going to do the same thing again? Or they do they seem to be acting randomly? That changes your level of connection, the level of connection you feel with them. That changes the level of trust. That changes whether or not you want to engage with them in the future. All of that is happening inside of your head. An animal will just come back. A cat will just come back for scratches. Like if you if you mess with them too much, they'll start to get scared, but it takes a lot longer. A human fuck with them once, it's enough for them to be like, I'm not coming back
1: mm-hmm.
2: because they can imagine things that don't exist.
0: Right. And our emotional connections too. That's to our right. Heart space. We, feel, we feel all the That's right. Yeah. And this is why, circling back to the beginning of our conversation, that you've learned so much <laughs> from your cat. that's true how to touch with the two men you know how to move slowly you Mm -hmm. know how to trust the animal body all those pieces
2: yeah i mean i i was you know i was not connected to my animal body in the past and i was not connecting as much to my heart like part of it is is my is is my trajectory of learning to become more connected with parts that were less connected and Mm -hmm. you know my cat was there and i was like wow i could really relate to my cat in a way that i don't relate to humans but then later on realize oh there's you know other humans also are not as connected to their animal their body or that was my path to embodiment Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but what one thing i want to leave you with or i think we're it seems like we're getting close to Mm -hmm. that end of that trajectory Mm -hmm. um which was an amazing conversation. I've connected piece that I had not connected together before. And that's the beauty of having conversations. Um, I'm going to leave you with the the sort of the epitome of a 50 Chains of Yes dance or exploration. And that that's what I would leave people with at the end of my 50 Chains of Yes class. So it was one thing to be like, okay, just say yes, just say no, see what comes up, see what the story is, see see how you can relax into actually don't know what this person means by yes no or maybe all they're saying is one word and say so so then at the very end i say "Well, let's let's crank up the challenge a little bit you're going to go around and you're going to meet somebody anyone and you're going to say how about it
1: how about and it
2: and how about it
0: how about what <laughs>
2: Exactly. (laughs) Not knowing. And you're not allowed to answer other than to just say yes or no, or maybe. And the idea was, can you basically go to somebody and say, would you be willing (laughs) to go into a mystery with me? A mystery or mystery engagement, mystery dance, a mystery. Do you want to go into the mystery with me for however long? And the other person would have to kind of feel into themselves and get a sense of, let me just check in with all my centers and all my bodies and, and whatever, whatever it may, that might mean. And is it possible, you know, I could, you, I mean, you could give an answer that's accurate to you, but the challenge wasn't that the challenge is, can you rise up to the occasion and whether or not it's okay, where you can say yes. And the yes is not a yes to anything specific because you don't even know what they're saying. The yes is, can you be inside of yourself in such a way that you know that moment to moment to moment, you can continue to choose whether or not you want to be in that mystery with them. Mm. And that's really what's needed to be in a mystery conversation. Are you sovereign enough to make better choices for yourself and of the other person as the engagement arises. And not everybody knows that, they're, that they can do that. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you meet somebody and that something tells you that you could do that with them. Mm-hmm. And you can follow that. Mm-hmm. You can be a yes to the maybe. You can be a yes to the mystery. Yeah.
0: And it sounds so like from what you're sharing, it's like the ability to be a yes to the mystery moment to moment to moment is mm-hmm. is anchored on self-trust and that self-trust comes from your sovereignty and knowing yourself moment to moment to moment right
2: that's right that's right even even if you know yourself to to sometimes be crunchy in that space yeah like you can you can actually say i'm a yes to i'm a yes to the mystery i'm and i'm a, a and i understand that's something you that's a disclaimer you can bring to the table i understand that sometimes i don't actually know where my yes and my no and my maybe is and And things might go sideways because of that. I might dissociate. I might fawn. I might, that's for dysregulation. Or I might just stretch myself a little too hard and I'll be sore tomorrow.
0: Right, right. Emotionally
2: or physically.
0: Right, right. I love that. And so it's like really also pulling people into your field that really value sovereignty, trust and presence Mm -hmm. and embodiment to be able to actually meet you in these conversations. So they actually understand what that means
2: yeah i mean it's a it's a high bar yeah it's not it's bar. not something you do lightly if okay. you if if you if you mean it if you if you I said earlier if you're worth your salt in in a, in transform in transformational field or transformational exploration you know that things could go sideways Yeah, and and you're here for it because you're not just like this is going to be beautiful every time you know like if you go into the mystery, it's likely that you're going to find things that you, you're going to that things will go sideways because you don't necessarily know up and down <laughs> half the time. And uh, or or it could be that some of it will be known and some, some of it will be unknown. Mm. Is it possible for everyone in the engagement to to have enough Sovereignty is one thing, but you might not be able to rise up to the level of sovereignty called by the mystery you're stepping into, but you can absolutely rise up to the level of responsibility, not from a place of having the skill or the experience to know what to do, but you can say, whatever happens, I'm here for it.
0: Mm -hmm. What a beautiful devotion to make to yourself, to life, to your creative projects, to your partners.
2: That's right. Yeah. Yeah, lifetime partnership is is the constant going back to. I'm here for it. However difficult or crunchy or sometimes, sometimes, I'm I'm, I'm not necessarily harmful. But because because I, it feels like there would be too much towards like, oh, abuse is okay. No, not I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that in the in a path of growth, harm happens. It's a matter of when, not a matter of if. And to be here for growth is to understand that it is inherent to growth, that harm and difficulties and challenges and things that erode you until they don't or or, or harm you or break you until they don't are going to show up. Mm-hmm. That's a That's again, yeah. that's a high I bar. Like,
0: yeah,
2: <clears throat> yep. yeah, that's why this growth stuff is so good, but sometimes so hard.
0: Yeah, but it's where the magic is
2: yeah, the magic of like becoming a better human and 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 knowing it and being able to enjoy reality from that place of, you know, how, I've gone how through <laughs> how, yeah, exactly. Well, how about being in a reality that 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 we enjoy that we're happy in um knowing all the all the trade-offs that come along with it? Mm-hmm. I love
0: it. I love that practice. How about it?
2: <laughs> so i've done that with people randomly they're kind of like what mm-hmm. it was a, you know it, it was just me kind of me- kind of messing around and, and playing with them but then then it opened up a conversation of like "Well, what do you mean what's the it and i'm like i don't really know but i kind of want to explore that with you mm-hmm.
0: yeah that's a good conversation starter
1: <laughs> for sure yeah
0: Mm. Oh. thank you so much for your transmission and your wisdom mm. and your passion and devotion to this path and to sharing your teachings and um yeah, and yeah for being on here today really really powerful conversation
2: that was beautiful i um I, I i fully enjoyed every moment of it and i half the time i had no idea where we were going and i was really really happy with it
1: <laughs> yeah we, we, we were how we did it, it.
2: <laughs> we definitely did. I mean, that was essentially you saying, you know, how about we, you come on my podcast and yeah, I, I and you, you kind of named a little bit the topic, but you know, in a place, uh, it, because it's a, it's a place that I navigate a lot. It was easy for me to, to be there with you in a way that's graceful. And, and it seemed like it was like that
1: for you as well.
0: Yeah, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Surfing the flux. Thank you. So is there anything you want to share with us, Philippe, about any upcoming events or offerings that you have coming up that you want to share and where we can find you?
2: Yes, absolutely. So um, my website is exquisitedark.love. And most people ask me, like, why, why exquisite dark love? Like, what does that mean? Dark love? That sounds kind of dark. Sounds <laughs> cheesy. <laughs> like, yeah, for some people, like you. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, but. But but people have a connotation of dark as like shadow. Okay. Really, they 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 connect dark and shadow. And for me, dark is versus light. Like for me, light is structure, and dark is dark is um, is messy. There's mm-hmm. there's messiness in in love, um, in loving ourselves and loving each other. There's messiness there, and there's also a lot of juiciness there because of that. There's a lot to discover. There's a lot, and we. And there's ways to to add structure to that exploration. So it's not just messy. But uh, but for me, dark love is is where where a lot of the our humanness resides. Yeah. And so exquisite dark.love. And so that's that's my website. So you can go and read some of my writings where I go kind of nuts a little bit on <laughs> some on different topics of morality and philosophy, and and um, and you know what what makes humans human. And um, exploring, including these these exploration of fifty shades of yes, and then there's a project that I'm that I'm creating that's happening in July in two months, but almost two mo- a little bit over two months called Journey to Secure. And then so a few months ago we did an online immersion that you can go and download the you can go and download the the replays and learn from that at your own pace. But there's also a live immersion that's happening in July, July 7 to 11. And it's going to bring about 20 some participants and eight, six to eight um, facilitators. And we're basically going to go on an, emerge, an immersion of the steps that it takes to become more secure and to, to, uh, to gain an earned secure attachment style, as some people call it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's a, there's a lot that can be learned in learning to self regulate, in learning to self care, and learning to self resource and um and in the learning of these skills and the awareness that it takes to learn these skills naturally people become more secure so and it's not to say that you know people that a lot of people are not secure already it's just that you could be often you can become just a little bit more secure you could handle the, this this dysregulating um experience just a little bit better you could actually care for yourself a little better or you can make sense of reality just a bit better so that when things happen, you go, oh yeah, par for the course. I'm going to roll with that. I'm going to be a yes to to whatever's happening, not from a place of bypassing, like, oh, I'm just going to think positive thoughts, but you say yes to what happens and you roll with it from a place of knowing and from a place of skill. Mm. That's Journey to Secure. So you can find out more at journeytosecure.com. And you'll, you'll be able to see, um, to, to see two links, one from the online immersion, one from the live one. We're about to launch it very soon. Depends on when this podcast comes out. And then eventually we'll have a board game called the, also the Journey to Secure for people who it's going to be an educational board game. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be for people who want to learn and make sense of what's happening for themselves and for other people. Like you'll be able to put yourself in the shoes of somebody else and have an experience of what it's like to be insecure in that particular way and learn to become secure from that
1: place. So it's going to be fun. I love that Mm -hmm. board game. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm, So we'll drop the links for all that below. And um, yeah, yeah, thank you so much for, again, for the work that you're doing in this world and the passion that you deliver Mm -hmm. these messages with is so beautiful and impactful. So thank you, thank you, thank you.
2: Thank you. It's great to be here. Thanks for the invitation.
0: Mm, You're welcome. Hope to drop in again soon sending you love ciao, ciao. you're here with a mission to inspire and impact many through your purpose i'm here to support your mission by sharing the tools practices and teachings of tantra empowering you to become empowered by pleasure as you light up the world with your love and service serve from overflow This is the new paradigm way of the embodied feminine leader, and I am honored to teach you how. I'm here to help you gently release any and all things within your being that are out of alignment and no longer true, so you can create space for all your desires to enter your life. No more sacrificing yourself for service. No more putting pleasure, rest, and celebration at the bottom of the pile. It's time to let your feminine essence and primal sensual power become your new fuel source. It's time to come fully alive. Your tantric awakening awaits. Join me for Tantric Awakening, a three or six month mentorship for women to return to the throne of your body and become fully alive. Click the link below and visit hollytarayacom mentorship. To begin your tantric awakening journey today. Thank you for joining me today on the Shamanic Tantra Podcast. To dive deeper on your tantra journey, visit my website at hollytaraya.com for my online courses, books private mentorships, and group coaching programs. Please subscribe to this podcast and share this episode with your friends. May you live in truth, beauty, and freedom. Love, Holly Turayam.